Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is a story for everyone here. Because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. I do have to put out a warning for all of you that are about to listen to this conversation. It contains food themes. <laughs> that's a, that's, yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad that you all are here. We are continuing the two year anniversary of the Story Box with another awesome human being. Here's someone that I actually have seen grow up and create something truly wonderful of himself. And he's now incredibly iconic if you are Australian. His name is Morgan Hipworth. And now Morgan is one of Australia's rising culinary stars. He started to dabble in the kitchen at the age of just seven and held his first sweets and treats home bake sale at age nine before going on to sell his sweets wares to Melbourne cafes. In 2016, at age just 15, Morgan launched his now iconic Melbourne bakehouse called Bistro Morgan. He has been a guest judge on Junior MasterChef Australia and hosted his own mini series on Nick Jr. And his passion is now to inspire the next generation of food lovers. So there are those food themes I'm talking about. Uh, be careful, this conversation will make you hungry. I'm not kidding. That's a good thing, actually. <laughs> but uh, combining global culinary influences with a pure love of sharing food and laughter, Morgan takes you into his world of food, fun, and inspiration. He has already amassed a huge following with well over half a million fans on TikTok and over 100,000 people on Instagram alone. I love going on uh, Instagram and seeing all the things that Morgan makes. I've tried a few of the recipes that Morgan ma has made on Instagram just because I'm a visual learner as well. And I kind of think it looks easy when I see Morgan do it, then I go and do it myself and it doesn't really work out too well. But there again, you got practice, right? So uh, <laughs> anyway, my friends, Morgan has a brand new book called Made by Morgan. And if you are wanting to... Uh, get some incredible recipes. I highly encourage this book. I've tried probably about three of them so far. Uh, I ventured into doing them and 
Uh, I don't think I can make it as good as Morgan can, but trust me when I say it, the recipes are insanely good. Okay, that's just me saying it. You can thank me later for those people in Australia and for those people in the US as well. You can still get it too. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes below. All right, my friends, please uh, support the show even further if you can by subscribing and leaving a rating and review. It would also go a huge way to help support Morgan by getting a copy of his book too, plus also sharing this episode around as best you can. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. Once again, we're going to enjoy the two-year anniversary of the Storybox today. And like I said, food. It's all about food here and stories <laughs> today uh, as we journey into this story box and listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, the stories and the recipes, hint, wink, of none other than the legend himself, Morgan Ipworth. Thanks for having me, bro. I've been really, really looking forward to this conversation, man. Like I came across <laughs> your Instagram page a while ago. I've been watching and loving all your, your quick uh, reels that you do yeah. so easy. I made your, uh, what are they? Those, those quick and easy potato. The smashed potatoes. The mass smashed potato yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. hit the, hit They're the spot, man. <laughs> but, so um, easy, delicious. Easy, delicious, and and very simple to make, which I love all three together exactly. work in harmony. <laughs> but man, 100%. I, I do have to ask you my first question that I normally love asking all my guests at the very start, which is what does success look like for you? Um, I guess to me, I've always lived by the saying, if you find a job you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. So for me, I guess success is um, that being true for the rest of my life, I guess, and, and waking up enjoying what I do day in and day out, no matter what that is and what that looks like, as long as I'm happy and enjoying it. Yeah, love that definition, man. When was the moment for you? Because you mentioned that you've always lived by it, but was there more of a catalyst moment for you? What age were you? Do you remember that this is like success for you? Yeah, I guess for me, I sort of grew up with lots of different career options in mind. And I had, you know, as you do growing up at one stage, I wanted to be a concrete truck driver so I could <laughs> let the concrete on the road and just get all the cars stuck. <laughs> like I had all these random ideas. And then I found my way into food uh, from watching like MasterChef when I was about seven. And I started, um, you know, cooking at home and doing a few things. And I guess I sort of really started the path I'm on where I decided, well, yeah, let's be honest, working for other people in kitchens and hospital is really bad hours you're working when like everyone else is enjoying themselves at dinner and things like that and it's a lot of hard work um for a really little reward in lots of cases so i was like well maybe i could go in and own my own business and then choose my own hours and do it myself and um god i didn't know how much work was involved but <laughs> looking back now i guess that's probably where that sort of you know life came from yeah no one really ever knows the extent of how hard it actually is starting your own business. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> but it's one of the most rewarding things ever, man. Uh, and mm. I wanted to ask you, like, when you first had that inclination of, I want to do cooking, what, mm. what was it about the cooking that sort of made you desire to want to do this long term? I guess for me, being in the kitchen, I, I guess I always felt at home. Um, there was something about it. I think growing up, I was never an overly sporty kid. I wasn't like a nerdy kid. Like I, I didn't necessarily have that happy place as such. Yeah. Whereas I, um, I, you know, I 
found my way into the kitchen and it was sort of what I would do on my weekends when, you know, my mates would be, you know, meeting down the skate park or whatever they'd be doing. I'd be, you know, cooking up a storm at home and trying to get them over for dinner so I can like feed people and stuff. So I guess I always felt comfortable and happy in there. And I think I'm a very sort of logical person and I loved back when I first started being able to follow recipes and, and really like, the chemistry of food i think you know like why when you you know whip eggs do they gain volume you know when you whip egg rice and things like that i really love to understand and um and work on so i think that's why i love cooking so much Were and of course not i know uh, not really my mum has a motto in the kitchen which is uh, no more than four ingredients otherwise she's <laughs> out of there <laughs> and my dad on the other hand is a good cook but he doesn't necessarily enjoy it. So like if he's home by himself, he'll cook and he'll have a really nice meal, but he's not going to go out of his way to make dinner. It's not like what he likes to do. Um, so yeah, there's not really anyone in my family that I took after my grandma used to just be like a normal grandma, you know, make a cake every now and again, or like an apple crumble, whatever it might be. But a lot of it was me trying to like make them happy. And that's another thing I meant to say that I love so much about food is the experience and the enjoyment it can bring to other people. Mm. So where do you get your creative ideas for specific recipes and all that sort of stuff, especially when you were a young kid, like what, mm. what inspired you the most to make sort of uh, different dishes? I guess when I first started, a lot of it was just following recipes, to be honest. And it was buying recipe books. I probably got four or 500 recipe books in, in my bedroom still to this day. Um, and I would say 90% of them were from the ages of like seven to 12. Like that's when I collected most of those. And it was going through those, you know, um, pinning down ones that I really want to make and then putting my own twist on it and things like that. I used to sort of set up, we've got like two dining rooms at home. We've got like a formal one and like a one we use every day. I used to set up the formal dining room at home as like a restaurant and I'd call it Bistro Morgan because I love French food. So that's where like Bistro Morgan first started and I would um, print out menu cards and make all my parents score all the dishes out of 10 and everything like that. Man, that is, that is awesome. Like, so do, <laughs> do you have like a favorite chef at all that you would usually model yourself after? It's really hard. I, I find this question about anything favorite really challenging because there's so many different favorites for different reasons and different times. People always go like, what's your favorite thing to cook or what's your favorite recipe? And I've I'm yet to figure out a way to answer it. My my answer normally is it really depends on like the vibe I'm looking for. Same goes for chefs. You know, obviously you have some really amazing people like, you know, Ramsey and all of, you know, Jamie Oliver and stuff like that. But then there's so many more smaller guys who are doing some really like crazy things and cool things. And I think the world nowadays is um, so much more opportunistic to people trying to come up and do things, which is really amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's hard as well. Like trying to choose favorites, especially with food. Like it's so yes. difficult, man. Like how do you really define it properly? <laughs> like, yeah, you don't, I equate don't wanna... to parents trying to pick a favorite child. That's how yeah. I sort of equate picking a favorite food. Like you don't really say it. You might have one on one day. Then the next day you're like, Oh, I'm not feeling steak today. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Like I don't want to upset any of my friends. And if I say, exactly. oh, that's my favorite, I just say they're one of my favorites, yeah. you know, so I can get yeah, away with it. <laughs> so I've got a massive list and you're on the yeah. list. <laughs> but it, it's, it's funny because like you mentioned Gordon Ramsay and 
you know, I, it's funny enough, I learned how to sort of cook. I'm not a great cook or anything like that. I enjoy cooking, but I learned how to cook in hospital. Uh, So that's another story entirely, but it was Gordon Ramsay's cooking shows that kind of inspired me to experiment in the kitchen. And I wanted to ask you as someone that is a a chef and quite damn good at it, uh, Mm -hmm. would you recommend throwing out the ingredients list and just experimenting for yourself? I think everything has its time and its place. Um, and I talk about this in one of the intros, my recipes in the book about packet mix cakes, um, because it's a very similar like concept. I, if you go to the cinnamon tea cake recipe, Jay, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, the cinnamon tea cake recipe was a funny one. I grew up with my great grandmother making this cake that I always thought she made from scratch. And then when I started to cook, I, one day I said, oh, I'm going to make it with you, Nana Leo. And I went over and I, I made it with her and she was just using a greens packet mix. And I, I nearly died at the thought. I was like, oh my God, I've grown up this whole time thinking it was like a homemade cake and it was a packet mix cake. And then believe it or not, it actually taught me a lot of things about it because I hadn't been in the kitchen long enough to create my own flavors and to, you know, bring all these, you know, different techniques together. Um, so by following these recipes to a tea and making the pack and mix cakes, for example, it gives you a really good foundation as to what things should look like. Um, and then when you have that general understanding and knowledge, then go on and, and do whatever you want with it. Like nowadays I cook by eye mostly. I don't weigh things necessarily and things like that. I'm like, you know, it needs a bit more salt, it needs a bit more sugar, things like that. But um, that's the knowledge you get from like, I've been cooking for like, nearly 14 years so like that's what you get from doing that when you're in the first few years i would don't say stick to it like a military style but you know use it as a really really solid reference and and build upon it yeah uh i guess like when it comes down to my mom actually said to me she's like when it comes down to baking you've got to be almost dead on or precise it it is a chem like it's a chemical reaction in baking you're doing chemistry um yeah which was never good and the same goes for bakery and and like doughs which is obviously what a lot of my experience is in in like yeast-based doughs as soon as you change percentages of ingredients it does change it completely man this is probably why i haven't attempted to make donuts yet (laughs) yes they are quite challenging yeah (laughs) even when i went off like the greens packet mix or something like that i just i still botched it up that's why i went more to savory food and allowed the the more professional people like yourself to make donuts and and (laughs) cookies and, and all that delicious stuff. So, you know, um, your cooking style and, and actually like making it yours, like what was the process like for you making it yours? And, uh, yeah. What, what advice would you give to a young person wanting to be, you know, the next, you know, I guess, or a new version for themselves, like the next Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, Travel is such a key thing and obviously that's really hard with COVID, but um, I was pretty blessed to have a lot of holidays growing up as a kid. I'm an only child, so my family and I, we've travelled to a few places, um, a lot in Asia. So so I'd say a lot of my, um, I wouldn't say it's heavily, heavily inspired, but a lot of my cuisine does have some Asian influence, um, which I really love and I, I absolutely love Asian food. So that's definitely influenced a lot. And I think travelling and tasting things really helps so, so much. Um, but it's all about that balance. I think, you know, for me, you need to also look at things close to home and then be able to take that and reinvent it. I, 
often take really old dishes and try and reinvent them into a new way of thinking about it. Things like, you know, the iced bovo biscuit and like I've got a mm. recipe of like homemade Tim Tams in there and stuff like that, which is like really iconic Australian dishes and, um, you know, turning them on the head and changing them up a bit. Do you do much with Vegemite? Uh, I did do a um, collaboration with Vegemite like really recently, only a couple of weeks ago where I did a Vegemite brownie. Ah. Um, so I put my in the brownie and it's so funny. People don't know what to think, but believe it or not, it's just like a salty caramel brownie because the Vegemite's quite salty. You add it to the chocolate. It just like brings out chocolate in us. It's not, it's not Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sound very un-Australian here, but I hate Vegemite with a passion. You hate Vegemite. But if I was going to, if I was going to try anything <laughs> with Vegemite in it, man, I definitely want to try something that you've made that's included <laughs> Vegemite. I can just say that right <laughs> off there. Uh, yeah. Get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> Man, like I'm, I'm curious about, you, you know, your parents being, you mentioned it a few times in the book, actually, how supportive they were of you. Um, so what were some of the things that they did to help support you? I guess for me, like, as I said before, I'm an only child, which I think has sort of been a bit of a blessing in disguise because, you know, now we look back and go, if there had it been more children they would have been very stretched and not able to actually help me as much as they have. Um, so mum especially is very sort of, hands-on, I guess, in the business as well. You know, if I ever need an extra staff member, she's down there. If I need an extra driver, she's doing deliveries and things like that. So um, she's been like that since day one. Um, Dad's similar to an extent. However, he's probably more like helping me in like the decision-making side of things. Um, And he also used to be a builder. So my my whole family, including myself, built the store like to to save on paying someone to build it. I just didn't pay dad a wage. I just paid for all the like materials. And I was like, dad, you can build it. You take two months off and build it. (laughs) So we all built the store together. Um, Like I sanded the seats myself and painted the store myself, all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, I was 15 trying to save every cent I could. Um, And yeah, I think they've, they've always been super supportive, which I'm like super grateful for. Yeah. I would share the story of how your official bakery started it's quite a story yeah so, yeah so pretty much i obviously been cooking for quite a few years from home and then um i went down to a local cafe i was with my grandma and my mom we were having some lunch when i was 13 and it was actually on melbourne cup long weekend so i had the day off of school i remember it was a mon- monday and we went down and um had a really i i still do i have a passion for good milkshakes i love good milkshakes and i i hate it when they're like light and fluffy and airy and warm like I I just despise it (laughs) so I went down to this cafe and I had a really good milkshake and I think we just had a sandwich or something and as we were paying the bill I was like to the owner oh I didn't know it was the owner the person who was serving us I was like oh that was a really good milkshake and then I ended up asking to buy some coffee beans for my machine at home because I've Mm. been making coffee since I was about seven or eight as well just for my family at home and um it's pretty unusual I was for a 13 year old to be buying coffee machines um sorry coffee beans at a cafe so she was like why are you buying coffee beans and then all of a sudden I explained to her I was like oh you know I do a bit of cooking and baking and whatnot at home and one thing led to another and she was like oh well maybe you could bring some samples down and we might be able to sell them here like you never know and um I didn't think much of it and then about two three weeks later 
it was in the back of my head. I remember going into my mum's um, room one night. And I was like, mum, do you reckon, um, do you reckon they were serious? <laughs> and she was like, well, you can only, you can only email them and ask the worst they can say is no. So I, I drafted up this long email and I sent it over and, um, they came back. The manager was like, yep, that was the owner you were chatting to. She remembers you. Um, she's asked me to get you in to bring some samples down and see if we can make something work. So then all of a sudden um, we took some samples down. I'm supplying this cafe with like any cake you can imagine. Like I'm doing like brownie slices, lemon tarts, chocolate tarts. Like I'm doing absolutely everything for them. And this is whilst I'm in year nine in high school and I was, I was 13. So it was a bit of a juggling act trying to do homework and, um, and baking at the same time. And then orders closed at 3 PM. So like at 3 PM, we could get a text on our phone, with like no order or like, a $400 order, which meant I was baking to like 11 p.m. that night. So it was really hard to plan things. And then at this stage, I still never really made a donut before in my life, which is obviously what we're known for now. And um, then they asked me to make some donuts for Valentine's Day, which I made in love heart shapes. And they were so popular. They wanted normal round ones each weekend after that. And then all of a sudden I had an article in the Herald Sun down here in Melbourne, which was just like about me supplying a cafe whilst I was in school. And they just focused on the donuts. Like, I don't know for any reason, but the title of the article was like, there's dough in donuts for Morgan. Like, I think they just liked that pun, but because they focused on the donuts, all of a sudden I had like 50 other cafes approach me wanting these donuts and off the back of that article as you said like i was on today's show might have been when you first saw it i think i was like 14 back then um i was on like sunrise the project all that kind of stuff and it really just i guess that was the start of the momentum i was literally could not keep up with the amount of cafes that was contacting us and then every weekend from home i used to like bring in my like cousins and uh, like aunties and anyone who's with Willing to help um, to make these donuts. We're doing about eight, nine hundred donuts a weekend from home, and we're delivering them to the cafes on the weekends. And I did that for about two years, and that's that's when I saved a lot of my money to um, to try and you know. I always had the idea I wanted a store, but my dad was always very you need to finish school and and then go into it. Eventually, me being me, got really really impatient. So in like September of 2016, I was like, no, I want a store. I want a store after many arguments, we came to the compromise of having a pop-up store. So we were like, all right, in the school holidays, let's do a pop-up. And um, I had an eight-day pop-up store where we ended up selling over 10,000 donuts in those eight days, which is just absolutely insane. We had like a queue out the door every day. Um, I don't think any of us expected it to be that crazy, but it was. <laughs> um, and following that, that same store came up for permanent lease about two months later. The landlord was like, oh, you know, I know you like the store and all of that. And in my head, I'd sort of like fallen in love with the store. I was like, I can't imagine anyone else being in this space. This is mine. So yeah, somehow I convinced my parents to let me take it on. And yeah, we opened in December of 2016, which I was going into year 11 when I opened. And for my audience, how old are you now? I'm 20 now. You're 20 now. I'm five yeah. years older than you and you've achieved <laughs> so much more than I have in a, oh, mate, honestly, I've got to applaud you. Like that's <laughs> Thank you, bro. absolutely insane because, you know, like I was saying in the intro, I remember you being a young kid. You seemed very ambitious, very like you, you wanted it. Like you could tell that you're yeah. a hungry, hungry guy that, yeah. you know, and, and I was like, you know, he's, he's, he's going to, blow up like no yeah. doubt about that and here you are you have <laughs> <Here we are. laughs> um it was like 
what what sort of like in those moments of getting hundreds if not thousands of donut orders what kept you going during those pressure moments those high situations because you're juggling school trying to keep the business going you're trying to keep your passion alive like you're trying to graduate i think as well what what kept you going man I think for me, and this is a funny one because people often only see like the glitz and the glam that go along with it. They only see like the polished photo shoots and the polished videos and all that. And they don't necessarily see all the hard work and late nights that go into it and what you have to give up. Like for me, year 11 and 12 was pretty much life was work and school. There was not much social life. There was not much else going on. And that was all the sacrifices I had to make. Um, I think it comes back to honestly loving it um, and really enjoying it. There's if I'm in the kitchen, I'm having a good time, you know, obviously you have days where you're tired and, and whatever it might be, but all in all, there was some really fun times and some really fun opportunities like to, to be at that age and, you know, looking back now, you know, going to markets and having people queuing for your product and it's that adrenaline rush, I think that keeps you going and, and then being able to share that with the world on social media as well was really, really cool to be able to sort of document it a bit. Like sometimes I'll scroll back all the way through my feed now and it's, it's sort of cool to see like that progression. Mm. Do you have any regrets from that younger self? Not really, not one bit, honestly. I think um, something I've always um, done, whether it be good or bad, and I'm sure lots of business people will tell you it's bad, is not necessarily plan things um, in terms of I don't, even now, I don't have a really stringent, oh, in five years I want to have 20 shops in a restaurant and this and that. Uh, I've sort of, everything's been very, very organic growth and opportunities arise and and things happen and uh, you've learned lessons along the way from those. And I think that's why I've almost done so well as well, because consumers can tell when something's pushed and something's fake. Um, I think we've got a really unique business that has a story behind it and people can sort of connect to it on a more personal level. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that front, man. Like that's what I've noticed. You can tell yes. straight away whether or not it's being forced or yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, fake. yeah. So I wanted to ask you, man, in, in all of this, when would you say was your most vulnerable moment? I think um, probably the hardest one was we opened a um, sort of like a pop-up second site and um, probably towards the end of year 12 and mm. it just didn't it didn't do what we expected it to it was in a major shopping center in melbourne and it, um just the rent was way too high and and overheads and accommodation lots of different factors and um i remember one day we went uh, part of my like when i finished high school when i graduated my parents shouted me a trip to bali with them so we all went to like just a family holiday in bali and i remember sitting by the pool one day and we're going through all the figures and I was just like, holy hell, this is going really backwards, really fast. Um, so I would say probably around that time, you know, losing, you know, six figures in a matter of a few months is not nice. Um, and especially at, I was 17 at that time. So I think something like that was a big experience and learning curve for me. Um, not necessarily how to fix it, but how to overcome it and how to pivot from it and move past it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you did, man. And I want to go back to the 
the organic growth side of things because yeah. you know you have created something truly special, truly remarkable. A lot of people, I know people here from Sydney, they travel down to Melbourne and they look forward to Bistro Morgan's donuts yes. and, and all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to ask you, like in terms of someone, if they wanted to run their own business as a young person right now, what strategies or advice would you give to them? For me, I always say whatever you do, you need to be in it for the right reason. And the right reason is not and is never for money. I, I despise when people say, I want to start my own business and be like, why? The, the two most common reasons I hear is, oh, it's much better pay. And oh, you don't, you can work whenever you want. You choose your own hours. They are like the two most naive and silly reasons for starting your own business because you get paid last when you run your own business. You pay all your suppliers and all your staff first and whatever is left, that's what you keep. If someone's that's a loss, then that's a loss. <laughs> and you're also on call 24-7. Like if my baker calls in sick tonight at midnight, I'm going into work at midnight. <laughs> um, that's how it works. But I would say my main piece of advice is whatever you do, you need to love it like up here. Like I'm talking 100% because business will beat you down and you'll end up only loving it 90% after two years. You'll end up like 80% after five years and whatever it is. If you only go into it loving it 20% and you're like, oh, I think I like whatever it is yeah. in a year or two, you're going to hate it. And getting up every day, hating it is not good for yourself. And it's certainly not good for a successful business. It's never going to work. I love that, that advice, man. And the yeah. thing is like, I can relate to it on so many levels and you know, I run mm this but it's not making any money and yes. that doesn't phase me at all like exactly you say, enjoy it you i love it so much i love connecting exactly. with incredible people like yourself and then guess what like if i've got americans the time zone difference i'm answering emails yes. 1 a.m exactly. in the morning it comes with the the whole beast in the machine <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean exactly. so man I, I'm very excited to have you on the show again, and I'm really enjoying this. I've got a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind. You've got yeah, this new book out, which people can go and get right now, I believe, if, if you're in Australia. Can they get Correct. it in the US yeah. as well? It's Yeah, the international. If you head to my Instagram, the link in the bio, there's obviously a um, local one, which is via Amazon, but then there's also an international one, which has free shipping like worldwide. So anywhere in the world, you have free shipping. Epic, man. So for my American yeah. friends and Canadian friends, go get a copy of this book. You'll thank me later. Called Made by Morgan. What? Did you always want to write a book or put a cookbook out? Yeah, I guess for me, it was always something that I had hoped and dreamed to, but I never knew if it would get to that point. Do you know what I mean? I think it's one of those things where growing up, especially I would say, I guess I said to you before, I grew up you know, hundreds of cookbooks. And that was always a big reference for me. And it was always a hope and a dream. And I am sort of being put in the position where I'm lucky enough to be able to do it, which is absolutely amazing. And it it came like, it came about like the weirdest of ways. Like I had like an Instagram poll up on my story, like asking questions, like my followers were asking me questions. And I was, someone was like, oh, would you like to write a book, one, like a cookbook one day? And I'd be like, yeah, it'd be like a huge dream of mine. Hopefully one day I can make it happen. And like my, my agent replied to the story. She's like, oh, I'll call you about this tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Sarah called me and she's like, oh, 
I think I've got a deal potentially with Penguin for you. Would you be interested? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. So all of a sudden that start, kickstarted that process and uh, it's been 15 months since I started writing it. And um, it's obviously been a crazy experience going from writing, the, you know, every recipe in there to actually having a photo shoot, um, working with the photographers, the stylists and all of that to get that content and then seeing it come to life and then finally hold it in your hands. It's just been super surreal. Do you want to do it again? Uh, yeah, I would hope, I would hope to, I would really hope to. Um, I think I want to take my time if I had the choice on a second one, um, even more, I think, and really, really flush out some cool concepts and some, and some different ways of doing it. I think your first book is always an interesting one because you get it out there and it, it tells and works out if people are going to like you ongoingly or not. Yeah. And I've been absolutely blown away by the response so far. For like the first week it peaked at number four book in Australia and number one cookbook. And like, I'm, t- I'm talking like sitting next to chefs like Yotamata Lingi and like some absolute beasts of the game. Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. And even now it's been out for like a month. It's still sitting at like number nine cookbook in Australia, which still blows my mind. So it's really cool. And man, you're going up against Gary Mannheim. You're going up against Gordon Ramsay's books. Yep. Uh, I, I, think, I think I think when I last checked, Ramsay was number ten and I was number nine. So oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're beating my my cooking icon. <laughs> How about that? You're also going up against Jamie Oliver too. He's got a new yes. one, but he does too. Oh man, well done. I mean, getting Penguin Random House. I know what you mean about writing your first book too. Like I finished my one. Uh, a little while ago, trying to get it published. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those yeah. processes, but you you get that little bug after it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. want to make more. So, nah, man, congratulations on all your incredible achievements. This is my second last question for you. Yeah. What would you say has been the weirdest food combination you've ever tried or made? Ooh, I would say this is probably not something that you'd actually try because it was more for a prank, but like many years ago, we did a prank for a radio station and we, we made a normal looking donut, but we filled it with chili tuna. Oh, nice. (laughs) It was 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 a subject. Um, But then I would say probably the weirdest one that actually kind of worked. Um, I did a collaboration with Indomie, um, the Mee Goreng Two Minute Noodle Company, and we did uh, a Mee Goreng donut and that actually worked really well. Yeah, right. I'm just so trying I did like, to imagine that. I did a, so I crushed up the, so I filled it with a chili chocolate cream and then topped it with white chocolate that I mixed that, you know, MSG chicken powder through. I mixed that through the white chocolate. So yep. I made the chocolate almost savory, topped it with some crushed up noodles, some more sweet chili. Um, and it just, it's sort of yunami, sweet, salty, worked well together. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> as long as it worked, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Man, um, my final question for you, this is my all-time favorite question I ask everyone at the end. Now, you're only a young guy, so I'm very curious to hear what, you, what you're going to say to this one, but it's a hypothetical question. Just imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Then ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll just call it magic for sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? I guess I'm only, what, 
like 20 years into that 100 years. But so far, I think I would like to, to say um, how much I follow my passion and my love for all things food and, and business and, and really make that my life. Um, you know, super genuine person who really goes and tries to have a go at things, I would say. That would be the top top line thoughts, I would say. Who knows what the next uh, 80 hopeful years <laughs> are going to bring. But if it's anything like these ones, yeah, I would say, yeah, genuine person who yeah goes out has it has a shot at things and and really just wants to live a happy life and and not worry about like money and all that like shitty stuff yeah good ending man where do you want people <laughs> to connect with you learn more about you and yeah and- so you can uh check out i'm on instagram and tiktok are probably like my two biggest socials and my one which are at morgan hipworth and then my business is at Bistro Morgan on Instagram as well. So I like post my general cooking on like my accounts and then Bistro Morgan is all thing donuts and like the actual store. You can thank me later, guys, when you go follow his personal account. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my top accounts. To edit a Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme beer, like a homemade Crunchwrap Supreme. So you can watch out for that. Mate, <laughs> this is awesome. Dude, thank you so much for your time today. Loved every second no of it. Really do appreciate you. Everyone, Bistro Morgan or Morgan Hipworth, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the Story Box, worries. man. No worries. Thanks for having me. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom. And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.